0: That Naturopathic Podcast, (laughs) TNP.
1: Hello there. Hi, and thanks for joining us. I'm Dr. Cara Denisio.
0: And I'm Dr. David Miller, and we hear your frustrations. This show is for you.
1: This show is for you if you're feeling like your current healthcare strategy is not getting to the root cause or the underlying reasons for your health.
0: This show is for you if you've been told that you're fine, but you definitely don't feel very well.
1: This show is for you if you're walking out of your doctor's office with one, two, three, four, or even five medications without any mention of diet, lifestyle, or a long-term game plan.
0: This show is for you if you've got several specialists taking care of you, but no one is really putting it all together.
1: This show is for you if you believe that health should be part of health care. These problems have solutions. We know it. Our patients know it.
0: And we want you to know it.
1: Naturopathic medicine is the solution that you need to know about.
0: Okay, welcome to another episode of that naturopathic podcast. It's Dr. Dave here again with Dr. Whitney Young. Whitney, how are you doing?
1: Hey, I'm great. How are you? It's
0: it's, I'm good. It's been a while since we chatted. We just caught up a little bit, but um, we should give the viewers or the viewers well, we're on video too, but we'll give the listeners a little bit of an intro. Um, and I'll just I'll just start with how you say you're a, a super baby and super mom mentor, and uh, I think that sort of sums up a little bit of of what you do clinically, but also maybe some of your life story too, um, which we can share to whatever extent you want to. But uh, you know, Whitney's Whitney's got the she's got the uh, the creds to be called a super baby and a super mom mentor, and she runs a great clinic. It's in Barrie, right?
1: Yes. Yep.
0: Yeah. yeah. Uh, rooted in health. And uh, you're, you guys, you're seeing people in person and virtually?
1: Definitely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay, cool. And then uh, uh, Dr. Young's also got some uh, programs. I don't know how you do all the things you do, um, but (laughs) everything comes out looking good too. So anyway, enough uh, pumping up your tires. Um, (laughs) Tell me, tell me a little bit, Whitney, uh, sort of about how you, you sort of uh, adopted this super baby, super mum uh label because it I I know we talked but I think everyone should hear a little bit of your story and and why you're that
1: sure cool thanks um well I mean in naturopathic college I was interested in working with kids I did the extra pediatric shift you know in as my teen in my teen years I worked at camp so like always love kids Mm -hmm. um but I I really got into it after I had my first daughter she uh developed or had anaphylactic allergies so um there was a year old I introduced you know I did exactly what we were taught in school I introduced peanuts at a year and then she'd immediately had reaction and like snotty nose eyes went red like uh and then you know and then the same thing happened with walnuts and she started and then she started coughing she vomited and like oh crap like yeah something's wrong with my kid. Yeah. So she, yes. Yeah, so it turns out she had anaphylactic allergies and then I was about to be pregnant with my second kid or I was pregnant. Um, and I am like, okay, mommy guilt. What did I do wrong with the first one? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> How do I not screw up the second one?
0: And then add to that guilt being a naturopath, right?
1: Right. Right. You're They're supposed like, to
0: know everything. <laughs> you're
1: supposed to be perfect. You- yeah. Yeah. Your children and yourself should be the epitome of health, right? <laughs> um, so, I mean, that's how I dove into, um, you know, learning more about allergies and, and and introducing solids properly, you know, to avoid allergic reactions and just overall health. Yeah. So that's where that piece of it came from. Yeah. Um, and then. I mean, the, the second big piece in my life was when the girls were two and a half and then three months old, my husband died suddenly uh, of a heart attack. Um, so that rocked my world, uh, you know, professionally as well as emotionally and like everything changed then. Um, yeah.
0: I just got tingles think like, cause I remember, I remember hearing about it and it was just like, it it shocked. I mean, we hadn't kept in touch or anything, but it was just so, uh, yeah, it's so shocking just even to hear about it.
1: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, And even, even now it's like, Oh my God. Right. That happened.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: So it's been almost six years now, but yeah, when you look on the outside and like, Oh my God, that is so sad. Like, wait, that was my life or Mm -hmm. it is our life. Uh, Mm -hmm. So suddenly I was a solo mom. Like, not just a single mom, but a solo mom mm-hmm. who was also grieving, running a business, raising small babies. Like mm-hmm. it was, it was a really hard time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and you know, of course, I went through my own grief and depression, and and trying to get back on track. So, I mean, developing or doing some of this baby work was a great distraction. You know, Mm -hmm. part of it was like, okay, well, I can focus and control on this because I can't control the rest of my life. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, I had a lot of support and learned how to ask for help, you know, and that's where kind of like the mommy mentorship or the mommy guru part grew um, because I get it. Like I get Mm -hmm. how hard being a mom really is Mm
0: -hmm. Um,
1: and what it, what you need. The village, etc., and how I had to take care of myself first. You know, I was like, okay, I got to stop the drink game. I got to go to bed. I got to see my daughter. Yeah. I gotta because these kids depend on me. Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah, and it's. I mean that that's um, that's something that I I, tra- I talk to my fiance about all the time too. Is taking care of yourself first as much as you can. Can you can you go? Just I, it's one thing to say it, but could you could you just maybe dig in just like maybe a couple minutes, the nuances of what you're saying there.
1: Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, I've had patients who walk in and they said, okay, my kids are finally like 18. They're out of the house. I'm going to, I'm ready to focus on me. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have that luxury. You know, I didn't have that luxury of like letting myself fall apart and I wasn't being the mom I wanted to be. Like I was yelling at the kids too often. I was, right you know, feeding them garbage too often. There was too much screen time. I mean, yeah, I was in survival mode and I gave myself, you know, I learned self-compassion, like, of course.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: But I wasn't, yeah, you know, I finally kind of like had a light bulb moment. Like, I can't live like this. Like, I can't, this is not what I want for them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so I went to counseling for every, you know, every week and I joined a mom and baby group workout class so I started doing that and you know just layering on pieces um, Mm -hmm. of self-care quote unquote Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and I also like to describe it as these lifeboats so if you know moms out there who are listening like if you're struggling having the lifeboat to look forward to or look to so your next counseling appointment your next naturopath appointment that phone date with your friend Mm -hmm. the bubble bath you'll have tonight I mean whatever but mm-hmm. what are those things?
0: Yeah. And like it, it seems like if, if, uh, if you don't make time for it, it just gets gobbled up, kind of you get swirled up in the rest of everything. Is there, is there some element of that that, ha- that you can talk to as well?
1: Yeah, definitely. It's I mean, we put so much pressure on ourselves in this day and age as parents of, that we have to do it all um, and that we shouldn't have to ask for help. And we cram so much into our days. So, you know, that all combined, we have high expectations. So then, like, we never take time for ourselves. And, like, we put the kids first. And, you know, I know moms who the kids eat incredibly. You know, they're getting all their fruits and veggies. But mom's like, yeah, I didn't eat all day. Or I just (laughs) stood at the cupboard and shoved some (laughs) crackers in my face. And then, (laughs) um, Yeah. yeah.
0: It's, it's the classic sort of mom or, or uh, the feminine thing where like the feminine aspect of, of us is so good at taking care of others and and community and togetherness uh, that yeah, sometimes that bit gets forgotten where you you do have to fill up your own, your own cup to take better care of, of other little humans and other people you live with. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So that you can be a better, yeah. So that you can be a better version of yourself. Mm -hmm. And then model for them, like, do you, how do you want your kids to act when they're, do you want them to be selfless and falling apart too when they're parents? Right. In 30 years. Like,
0: right. Yeah. yeah. Cause they watch. I always, I always think like they watch, they don't, they don't always listen, but they watch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. They, they, they do. They pay attention.
0: <laughs> so I, 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 I joked about it before. Like, I don't know if you live in some like different dimension where there's like 28 hours in a, in your day, but it, I don't know how you get all this stuff done. So you run a clinic, you're doing, you're taking good care of yourself, taking good care of your kids. Um, Any, any, uh any secrets as to what you're doing? Like, I'm I'm wondering if you have some organization or structure stuff that, that you do in an average day to sort of keep everything in line. Do you have any tips or anything to say that about that sort of aspect of your life?
1: Sure, sure. Um, I mean, so my workouts, I do it in the morning, but I don't wake up at an ungodly hour. Like, I can't do that. So <laughs> I do them in the morning while the kids are watching TV. Like, so they're awake. It's mm-hmm. fine. They see me working out. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I mean, the other thing is hiring good people. Uh huh. I have a house cleaner. Um, I have someone who does my lawn and snow blows my driveway. Like I can't do it all. Yeah. Um, and then owning the clinic, I co-own it. So I have a great business partner that we split the tasks. Um, and I'm only seeing patients or I am seeing patients like two and a half days a week.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then my clinic manager runs the rest that, you know, of course, at the beginning of my practice, I did all of it. Yeah. Yeah. But slowly start giving it away so that Mm -hmm. you know I can have time for my personal care stuff.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, well, did did I cut your story off sort of abruptly there with my tangents, or no? No, okay, okay, good. Well, I wanted to make sure that we talk, uh, at least for uh, a little bit of our talk today, I want to make sure that we get into um, what you were talking about with your daughter and, and dealing with like food, food introductions, solid introductions. Cause I feel like, um, like many things often, like the real good uh, evidence, if you will, is somewhere between what is conventionally done and what naturopaths are sort of taught or whatever. What, like, how far off? from sort of conventional wisdom or maybe you could start telling us with like what what conventionally is said about like intru- introducing solids and foods because it does seem to change now and then
1: mm-hmm. yeah and the, what, did the, what did they say what <laughs> do they say <laughs> they well I so I teach uh baby food basics at a local baby shop um in Barry Serenity Birth Studio and I teach it Three or four times a year. So this is where I hear the feedback from the moms about what they are hearing. Right. Um, you know, their healthcare practitioners. And it's still all over the map. Um there, you know, the medical doctors, nurse practitioners aren't all saying the same thing. And so some of them are still talking about you introduce rice formula, you're like rice Pablum, you know, the rice cereals first. Um that's not the, the the recommendation or the wisdom anymore. Um, mm-hmm. So, and then some of them are saying like introducing the iron rich foods, you know, if it's a breastfed baby, yeah, you do wanna include some of those meats and things at the beginning, but it's probably not your first food.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so the moms who come to me, they're confused cause they hear a lot of mixed messages.
0: Yeah. And I think I, I just want to jump in and support you here because I feel like, you know, we have this, uh, well, at least I had the, this idea that basically all medical doctors do the same thing all the time. They're very standardized. It's one of the very sort of, it's one of the nice things about conventional medicine because there's strengths and weaknesses about all different perspectives as, mm-hmm. as we know. Um, but I thought one of the strengths is like, they must, they, they seem to do the same, but they don't. When you actually get into practice, you realize that there's some very uh, vast sort of differences between like, uh, what, what different uh, medical doctors uh, do day to day. So,
1: yeah, yeah. So another what, example of that. what they've learned and what they've um, ca- kept up to date on research, because I mean, you know, practice is busy and you can't be reading everything all the time. I try. Yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe you do. You are amazing. <laughs> so that's not part of my, <laughs> okay. how do you do it?
0: Dave? I, 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 I'm not as I, that's why I sit here and look at, Women like you who are in our profession and just have awe for <laughs> a lot of the stuff you do, because I do nerd out on stuff like that. And I had this, my life experience was such that I didn't have kids and all that early on, so I I did go, you know, down the rabbit hole on so many things. Mm-hmm. um But you know, I'm just now I'm just a late bloomer. I'm behind now. I got a baby on the way and fiance, so I'm I'm catch I'm trying to catch up, guys.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> you do you it's all yeah
0: exactly okay so so you got different different sort of uh opinions of medical doctors and and nurse practitioners etc coming in are they seeing dietitians too or is it mostly their primary caregiver that they're getting this info from
1: um primary caregiver friends mm-hmm. you know grandmas
0: yeah. mm-hmm. yes grandmas bring in the grandma wisdom um so then so then what do you how do you see that differing from what you do according to what you think works and what you see clinically and what you sort of the time you've had to look at the research and all that, mm-hmm. um, what how do you see that differing from how you implement things?
1: Well, so yeah, I've I've done the research and I, you know, redo the research on what their look you know, what the big allergens Peanuts, cows, milk, eggs, you know, those are the big ones that most of the mm-hmm. research is around and around, you know, when is the optimal time to introduce those foods in order to prevent allergies? So, you know, that's is that how- the goal
0: normally of, of when they're doing this, when you're looking at is, is the goal here to like, what you just said there to like, minimize the chances of, of getting allergies?
1: That is one of the goals. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, And then, I mean, around the meat, the goal there is to make sure baby's getting enough iron, um, the breast milk, if they're exclusively breastfed, then the breast milk, the iron content, you know, dramatically dips at six months.
0: Okay. Mm -hmm. You know that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. To
0: know that. I mean, and the baby steals, I think they steal 80% of your iron in the last trimester or something like that. So, and then it goes. Okay. That's good.
1: some pretty deficient moms and then yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah. I live with one.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, And then, I mean, and then coming from a naturopathic perspective because the kids I see in my practice are the ones who have issues, right? Uh, typically. So yeah. eczema, allergies, um, digestive constipation or diarrhea. So then it's about food sensitivities Um looking for those as we introduce foods, um, and then rotating foods, just giving mums more guidance, because I think what they're not getting is, a, is the guidance, like, they get a quick visit that says, oh, just start with meat, or oh, just start with um, rice cereal, and go mm-hmm. home, right? And there isn't mm-hmm. a lot of like, well, how do I do it?
0: Yeah. And, some and so i how-
1: fine with that, but
0: yeah so how do you how do you guide them like do you are you saying like look for these signs and symptoms and then adjust accordingly, sort of teach them how to fish rather than give them fish or what what do you how are you guiding them?
1: yeah, so I give them like I have a food list of like these are the ones and and the time frames of when you ideally want to introduce some of those and then you know, at the beginning, the first month or two, we want to introduce them slowly. So one every three days. And if Mm -hmm. you have a very sensitive baby who's got eczema, then maybe we'll continue to be slow, slow, but if your baby's no problem, then let's go faster. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I give them guidance around, yeah. And then these are the food sensitivity, um, symptoms, what we're looking for, and then, what do you do with that?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are some of the most common symptoms you would say that you that you see these little babies having?
1: I mean, most common would be eczema. Um, mm-hmm. We see that happening. Um, constipation could happen. I mean, stools firm up anyway when you introduce solids, so introducing water at the same time is important. So we talk about that, mm-hmm. um, and then other things could be like fussiness or skin rashes runny Mm -hmm. nose yeah
0: Mm -hmm. so some some of the same stuff that uh, us adults get as well some of the same stuff Mm -hmm.
1: yeah yeah Yeah. reflux so if we're having babies who are like spitting up a lot I mean that's earlier in their journey but Mm -hmm. yeah
0: Mm -hmm. and then uh, you have some you have some like while we're talking about this type of thing I want to, I wanted to share that you have some uh, resources online and some, uh, some stuff that people can look into a little bit deeper. Right. So um, if you are interested in, in getting a little bit more, um, I don't know, what, what's, what do you, where do you think, what's the first step for say someone's like a new mom and uh, they're, they're kind of like, well, the doctor told me this or that, and I don't feel like it's really comprehensive and they need a little bit more guidance with what they do. They don't live in Barry area. Where should we send them?
1: Yeah. My website is probably a good place to go. Um, drwhitneyyoung.com. Um, so I do have a couple things on there. So we have the shorter baby food basics training, mm-hmm. which is like the one hour, um, recording of a webinar I did with moms and that Mm -hmm. goes through, you know, the basics of how to introduce solids. Um, and then kind of the next one from there that has a whole lot more information is the, your baby's first year program. Okay. Um, so in that one, we're talking, it has that, but it also has, you know, what do we do about fevers and when, when should they poop? And then what Mm -hmm. about if they get constipated and, um, so a whole bunch more like tools for moms of what they're going to encounter in that first year, just giving them another option of you know natural solutions for what they're going to be facing.
0: Hmm. Hmm. So what happened? Let's bring it back to you and and your it was your firstborn, right? With who had the peanut the peanut allergy. Yeah. So yeah. what what did that what did that sort of I mean I'm sure that's when you got a lot of your learning um, yeah. because. I mean, you get the mom, got the mum thing going on, the mom guilt, the naturopathic guilt. <laughs> um, what, how did that sort of play out?
1: So, I mean, then I learned that the research had changed since we were in college and naturopathic college. Um, and then, I mean, Jillian was tested for allergies at the pediatric allergist and she had a whole host, got the EpiPens and I had a lot of mommy anxiety. Yeah. For a while you know anytime we were at people's houses i was like letting like don't have any nuts in the house or like at jillian level (laughs) yeah Uh, (laughs) uh, she also had eczema uh so you know that was part of our journey of like figuring out her her triggers for food with that um and you know through that we developed our own little language of like this is, this food's Jillian friendly. This one's, so she'd, she'd go up to like, she'd like three and we're at someone's house and she's like holding a cookie. Is this Jillian friendly? <laughs> <laughs> and the person like, uh, <laughs> Um, And then, you know, since then she, when we retested at four years old, she had outgrown the peanut allergy. Yeah. Um, so 20% of kids do outgrow a peanut allergy. Um, I like to think it's because of all the naturopathic stuff I did with her. Of course. (laughs) I think so.
0: (laughs) It'll increase your chances. That's for sure.
1: Of course. Yeah, of course it will.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, So she still has a couple tree nut allergies, but it's, um, we haven't had any, any issues. And then my younger one, I did, I did everything right. And she has (laughs) (laughs) no allergies. So, you know, (laughs)
0: What what did you did you do What did you do differently? I know you're sort of joking around there, but what what did you what did you do differently?
1: So introduce the the nuts earlier.
0: Aha, uh-huh. earlier.
1: Earlier, yeah. A little so counterintuitive. Um, yes, around six months. Um, around four to six months, actually. You want peanuts to be one of the first foods? Not really? Sure. Yes. Yes.
0: You're learning me here. There you go. All right. Yeah. You gotta pick my
1: program. Yeah. No. <laughs>
0: um
1: yeah, so it helps desensitize. And so kids who were introduced earlier rather than later, they had less allergies than those who delayed introduction.
0: Interesting. Mm-hmm. What is it about those peanuts, eh?
1: Oh yeah. Well, I mean, there's some different theories about why it's happening
0: shoot what do you have yeah let me know i've I've seen them problem i had a crazy case this is years ago a crazy case of diaper rash Mm -hmm. and it it was like mean looking and it was or it it looked like it was I, i don't see too many kids and and so let me be forthright with that i don't see too many kids and i don't focus on skin but what seemed to be the major thing for this for this kid and I don't know if it was was a diaper rash or just they were they were young and maybe not a diaper but it was like all around the bum and it was peanuts Mm -hmm. and I was like what is it because they didn't they didn't have like anaphylaxis reaction but they were eating peanuts and as soon as they got rid of peanuts it was gone what is it about the damn peanuts
1: (laughs) um is it well, this is something like the aflatoxin? I'm yeah.
0: Saying, um, but, I, I always yeah. remember reading about that aflatoxin and going, I wonder, is it like that mold aflatoxin? Mm-hmm. The tiny bit of mold making aflatoxin.
1: Yeah. So perhaps that. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then that coupled with all the other things that are making our immune systems kind of like weaker. So Mm -hmm. my deficiency and our sterile, clean environments and less kids. Especially now. (laughs) Yes. Hello. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Less kids in the family. We're like more uh, living in cities versus rural and Mm -hmm. surrounded by dust and farms. You know, we have less allergies if you live on a country farm versus in the city yeah
0: i saw i saw kids who grow up with two or more animals in in and around them have fewer allergies yeah. not one but two or more
1: yeah it's, cool. it's like you need
0: a little bit of a immune workout
1: yes yes we're
0: not getting i don't get sick very often in the last year i wonder why
1: mm, no one <laughs> is. we're not getting the practice
0: Oh. yeah i i actually think there's something to that for sure mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure what about honey any any indications on honey being good or bad i just had some honey this morning and i i said to my uh i said to my fiance as i put it in my coffee that some people think that a little bit of pollens from your area i don't know if that's some old naturopathic <laughs> tale any any do you know anything about that
1: i'm not too sure about that either that's what okay
0: when can kids have honey that's and can it be pasteurized and unpasteurized
1: so after a year, so that's still the recommendation after a year to avoid the risk of botulism. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm not too fussy about if it has to be pasteurized or not pasteurized. I mean, mm-hmm. And then it also depends on the child's um, constitution, right? Mm-hmm. So if some if someone's a robust child, then we don't need to worry so much.
0: Yeah. Do you mean that good medicine should be individualized? <laughs>
1: Maybe, yeah <laughs> it agreed. depends,
0: yes, agreed, okay, yeah. and then what's the um you know say we don't uh say we don't know too much about what to do with food, like i mean we have we have some patients, like I had a patient um this week who. I, I don't know if it's just the environment that that people have grown up in, or the, or the sort of culture or whatever that we live in. But there's some people that are missing the um, the basics of like food, like yeah. d- just like they re- like this. This woman was saying she just honestly she reaches for granola bars all the time because c- she mm-hmm. doesn't really know what to do with food. So like, d- is there any like <clears throat> real base level? Uh, stuff that you can say to like say maybe even a, maybe it's a younger mom who who um, doesn't know like too much about cooking, eating, or yeah, you know, what to eat and what to cook. Mm. Some basic level stuff that they could do because they're going to be busy now. They got not just themselves to look after. Yeah. Um, basic like basic training stuff. What would you say is important for them to know?
1: Hmm. Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, a few things. One stick to whole foods as much as possible. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, And, you know, we often are grabbing like convenience food because we think it's fast or we've been told it's fast or like Mm -hmm. marketing is good. But I mean, grabbing a banana and a handful of nuts like is just as fast as a granola bar, Mm -hmm. right? Um, So being
0: prepared kind of with that stuff on hand makes mm -hmm. a big difference probably, yeah.
1: Definitely, definitely. Um, And then if you're going out, than you know packing a little snack or preparing Uh, and then you know also like to if we want to tap into some of that mom guilt the uh, (laughs) in a good way um, you know kids mirror mom's meals so you know you're great at the beginning of giving them fruits and vegetables and they do really well but you know research shows that over time then kids start to eat like their parents so if Mm -hmm. If parents are crappy eaters, picky eaters, then your kids will pick up on that and have the same bad habits you have. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning is a great time to start to learn to cook or just, you know, dabble, start with one meal a day that you're learning new things.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: and then get the kids involved as soon as possible, even though I know. It's like in impactful.
0: the cooking, in the cooking process, almost. Yeah, yeah. Cool.
1: And I used to call it like "Mommy Cooking Show." So baby was in high chair, and I'm like chatting away, talking. <laughs> <you know, laughs> <laughs> right, because I was alone with the kids, so one would be strapped to me, and I'd be like,
0: <laughs> oh "My God,
1: Mommy Cooking Show!"
0: Naturopathic moms are like superheroes. <laughs> everyone needs perfect. to know this we Still
1: had hot dogs and yeah but yeah yeah
0: yeah <laughs>
1: um so start small but remember and think of it as like a team effort like your team awesome your family is going to be growing together and mm-hmm. what you're doing for them do for yourself and vice versa
0: yeah I, I i always think of when i hear like what you're saying there like just demonstrating the good things right away just reminds me of, uh, you know, like, I don't think, I think it was Dr. Mark Hyman said something like, you know, you go to Japan or you go to India, there's no kids menu. Kids. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah this idea, this idea of like giving kids like fries and a hot dog while you eat, you know, California greens salad with a, with like a, some, you know, beautiful piece of meat on it is just seems sort of backwards.
1: Yes. What are we teaching them?
0: <laughs> I know. So. Like, yeah. So no kids menu,
1: no kids. menu. <laughs> or it's, food. A, I don't know, or it's a treat or that's like a sometimes. thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, Like the ideal, I talk a lot with picky eaters too. So that's another part of my practice. Um, moms come in with picky eaters of all ages, but I mean, you're the one who buys the food. So if you're the one who's buying the chicken nuggets and the fries all the time,
0: mm-hmm.
1: like we can't just blame the picky eater.
0: Mm-hmm right Mm
1: -hmm. and um yeah so there are strategies around picky eating but you're exactly right they should be eating what we're eating and I mean I always did that with the kids um they just got smaller portions or yeah if someone doesn't like sweet potatoes and I made potatoes and sweet potatoes no biggie but yeah they still ate the meat and the veg like
0: is there something to be said for sort of sprinkling in a little bit of like treats now and then in a really sort of metered way because um, i've i've heard of stories some fairly close to home some distant uh other people talking about it but like being really militant about food and then when say like when the kid is you know now at a friend's house or whatever and there's like candy bars they just go buck wild mm-hmm. um what, is there any what like what what do you what do you say about that sprinkling in a bit of like uh, dare I say sort of like conventionally accepted foods that are maybe not awesome for us but just part of the culture just to sort of not make people feel like uh crazy hippie naturopathic fundamentalists <laughs>
1: yeah yeah i mean there they're, they're there are there is research to show that that happens with kids is you know the ones who are very strict you know households then they they may create more binge eating and that kind of like food um issues Mm -hmm. Uh, you know and then I've also read that if it's just part of it's a hard topic like that's a hard decision for parents so I yeah it's new it's kind of
0: like it's delicate and sort of nuanced and stuff too, mm-hmm. right? It seems like, yeah.
1: Yeah. So if something is part of their natural, like if it's part of a choice for children that then eventually they still gravitate towards the healthier choices. Um. So I do have balance. Um. You know, we do have treats in the house or, you know, Friday is pizza night. Like it's not a big deal. Like we have, at their birthdays, they have cake. They don't have a watermelon cake like <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> one of my friends like their children had never seen hot dogs till they were like four, I'm like don't show them that, then they'll know I'm like oh. <laughs> oh no, yeah, <laughs> the yeah. forbidden hot dog
0: the tube uh, steak, yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah. And then, you know, at school when they used to have pizza day, I was very strict about pizza day at the beginning. Like, no, we cannot do that. Yeah. Like we're gluten-free dairy-free. We can't. Um, yeah. And then there was the peer pressure like year two, like, well, all my other friends get it. All right, cool. You can have, yeah. pizza
0: day.
1: that's fine.
0: Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a really, I find a really, <clears throat> it's like a, it's a micro versus macro problem. It's like, um, it would maybe be ideal if there, if in our culture, there wasn't like tons of crappy food everywhere. It would probably be like ideal if I had to, you know, we're idealists, I guess I'm a, we're naturopaths. You kind of got some idealism in you. Um, I'd say like we're pragmatic or practical idealists, but it'd be nice if it was like, Oh my god, treat time. Mangoes <laughs> or like, you know, <laughs> pineapple guys. Oh my god, crazy times. <laughs> you know, but it it's it's not like that. You go to the grocery store and then like, you know, as you're herded into the the uh checkout, there's like horrible magazines and horrible <laughs> And horrible treats and all that's that's the environment that we're in mm-hmm. um like it or not i guess so it'd be nice if all those like triggers weren't there and you know kids adverts didn't always have like crappy food or whatever oh where's me lucky charms and all that sort of stuff um but it's there yeah <clears throat> so i guess you you still to feel like not ostracized or whatever you maybe sort of dabble in your environment um the one sort of thing i was i was going to ask you about on the more micro view I I call that like the more macro like the cultural the cultural Mm -hmm. context or environment but in the home it's interesting you said if there's healthy food and and treats they'll they will eventually or whatever gravitate towards the um towards the healthy I was thinking what about in in your own environment say like a home environment you don't have that stuff all the time like it's not there in your environment like if like um that book willpower doesn't work is about creating an environment where you just don't need willpower as much because you, there's not the need as much for it because you've created a healthy environment because I mean you don't need to buy the book now <laughs> saved <laughs> it's all, it's all they had. it could be like a one page book <clears throat> but anyway what about not having the food or when you have treats like it's a small amount it's in there for a, a short period of time and then it's gone what what what's the right thing to do there? That was long-winded, but, um, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get you to tell me what to do with treats in my house. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. Well, I'll tell you. Um, so we talk about, so this is about talking about your, you know, educating your kid from the get go of like, sometimes, you know, I call them sometimes foods and then mm-hmm. it's important to have lots of fresh food. So, okay, we're going to have fresh, we need to eat something fresh first. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we have sometimes foods and they're not always in the house. Um, however, I'm in a new blended family and that has created new
0: challenges
1: <laughs> for this naturopathic mom.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> because there is, you know, I didn't buy juice, but in the house with the teenagers, we have juice all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't want, so now I have the juice debate with the little kids.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Um, so they're allowed a cup of juice a day. Like that's just what we've, what we've created of like, okay, they're still allowed to have it because it's in the house and it's not fair that the big kids have it and they don't have it. Um, um, And then, you know, I think I'm teaching them balance of, you know, we we eat our meal and then we can have dessert. You know, lunch looks like this. Mm -hmm. we have lucky charms when it's a vacation it's called vacation cereal um (laughs) and vacation isn't every weekend it's probably like three times a year right (laughs) um so that's that's how i've been running the show well you know i mean
0: it's balanced it seems balanced and reasonable and sustainable these are like good things i think hmm
1: and I'm not vilifying. Like, I'm trying not to vilify. I probably am yeah. vilifying sugar a little bit too much in their minds. Like, oh, that's too much sugar. Um, When they're piling it on their oatmeal. <laughs> mm-hmm. um,
0: but at least they're eating oatmeal.
1: They're having oatmeal with some blueberries yeah. in it. Yeah. Yay.
0: Yeah. I did, that was yesterday for me here. It's like, yeah, cool. I'll eat that. Eat that oatmeal. A little sugar. Whatever. Yep. Eat an oatmeal. It's good. There you go. Okay. That's, that makes me feel better that, you know, a little bit of balance and sustainability is sort of probably the goal here. Yeah. We can be, yeah, we can be sort of fundamentalist, but <clears throat> the sugar thing is I do struggle with that too. I still struggle with it. Like it's just too pervasive in our culture, mm-hmm. um, but that's, that's where we are. That's the aquarium we're swimming in.
1: Yeah. And I think you can also compare like the standard what they want teenagers to eat is like three servings of vegetables a day. Like that's not hard in an, in our world, but mm-hmm. it's hard in a lot of people's world. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the baseline of what people need to hit is not too high. Mm-hmm. So if you're actually, I don't know what I am wanted to say there, but do you know what I mean? Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and then these it's attainable and you don't feel like, Oh, you don't get the effort. Uh, you know not having any because you can't even is that is that kind of what you're getting at like the bar is not so high that you can't do something good every day yes and then feel crappy about it and go "I oh, fuck it i'm not even gonna have any
1: yes yes there are some of those those patients or yeah you know that are like well i went off so i just had it all for a yeah
0: week. exactly
1: okay well yeah
0: <laughs> like a little bit of progress over perfection kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah
1: and then the balance and like, it's okay. You know, mm-hmm. compassion. Yeah. You ate a bag of cookies or you let the kids eat a whole bag of chips. Well, we won't do that tomorrow. That's yeah. cool. Like, yeah. Start again. Yeah,
0: for <laughs> sure. Okay. Um, I honestly, Whitney, I've learned uh, a lot from our, our little, our little chat here, but I want to like everyone, I, I give everyone one last chance to like say something uh, at the end of our talk that you think is really important if 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 anyone listening needs to remember like one thing from our our chat here today about uh, food allergies and sensitivities and and all that what do you think you want people to hear and, and take home with them hmm.
1: the biggest thing I want uh, you know mums, to know is to trust your mommy gut you know, at the end of the day, you're going to read a lot of information, hear a lot of opinions from friends and family. Um, but I want you to just get quiet with yourself and and what works best for you and your family. Um, you're the you're the leader of your house. You're the CEO. Maybe you have a co-parent, co CEOs. Um, but it's okay to do things a little bit differently than other people and make your own decisions. So. Yeah. I Trust
0: like mommy get. I call it the she-e-o. The she-e-o. Oh, I like
1: yeah, it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and you're a real she-e-o. So thank you so much for uh, sharing uh, your wisdom with us, Whitney. Um, if people want to uh, catch you at the clinic, um, they can check you out at rootedinhealth.ca. Whitney's also got a, a, her own website, drwhitneyyoung.com, which we talked about, and you can find those uh, programs like the baby's, uh, baby's first year program. And the things we talked about earlier, those will be found at drwhitneyyoung.com. And I don't know how she does it. There's only 24 hours a day, but she's doing it. Thank you so much for sharing, uh, three quarters of an hour with me. I really appreciate it.
1: My pleasure. Thanks. It was fun.
0: Okay. Talk to you soon. All right. All right. Bye. Bye.